It's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com, and I am delighted to meet up with, I'm at the Detroit Historical Museum, which is just a, a wonderful facility in downtown Detroit. And wow, there's a real big group getting a tour here, and I'm with Peter... Peter Poulos. From the uh, Michigan, Michigan Humane Society. Society. Who used to work here at the Detroit Historical Museum. That is true as well. And so. uh, he is going to show me, they have an exhibit here in the Detroit Historical Museum of the Michigan Humane Society. Somebody here needs you as their their uh, tagline. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And as we were walking in, he was starting to tell me some things, so I thought, hey, let's turn on the recorder and get a little history of... Okay, well, this space right here inside the Detroit Historical Museum is known as a community gallery. Uh, it's aptly named because what it does uh, typically three times a year is it allows organizations such as the Michigan Humane Society and other great nonprofits in the region that have a rich history. It gives them the space, if you will, inside the museum to help share their story with the uh, community at large because, of course, this building, the Detroit Historical Museum, is dedicated to telling Detroit's history. And there's a, you know, just, just a wealth of organizations uh, in this community that they have chapters that are part of the, the, the history of this area and the history of this region. And they don't typically have the opportunity to display their history in a meaningful way. Uh, so we were excited. Uh, we were selected actually a couple years ago. Uh, that's how far in advance this gallery is booked. And we were excited to, um, uh, to, to be able to get on their calendar here and to bring our history to the uh, thousands of visitors that come through this museum every month. So I am taking Emily through here and just going to share with her a little bit about the, the content. Well, speaking of the rich history, you uh, gifted me with a book a couple mm -hmm. of years ago about yes, the Michigan Humane mm -hmm. Society, and I was astounded at the how um, how long ago it was created and yes. how it was created. So yes. I'm sure you're going to work that into our conversation. Yeah, because we were uh, we were founded in uh, 1877, uh, and actually, for those that uh, I'm more a marketing person than I am a history person, but I picked up a lot along the way. If you can remember that period in our history. Uh, uh, you know, both in the United States and, and really the, throughout the uh, the entire world, it was uh, sort of the progressive movement, if you will. Uh, you know, you're talking right after the Civil War. You're talking about uh, uh, when a whole host of groups were, uh, you know, were struggling for a voice in uh, community and so forth. Um, so you found a lot of uh, nonprofits uh, in the nation as well as uh, here uh, in the state that trace their roots back to that. And the whole idea behind the Michigan Humane Society at the time in 1877 was really to protect the welfare of horses. Um, you know, the, back then, and you know, obviously there were no automobiles at the time, so uh, horses were working animals, and unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, it, it, uh, they were mistreated, uh, overworked, uh, that type of thing. And this group uh, that was founded in 1877, they were dedicated to, uh, you know, uh, representing the interests and, and trying to get uh, legislation passed uh, over the years, which they were successful in, try to call attention to the humane treatment of uh, animals. But horses in particular at the time because horses were working animals throughout the city and of course throughout the country. So Peter, when you say they were booked, I mean you actually got on the list several years ago and they booked yes. us. When you put the presentation in, how long does it stay in in the Detroit uh, this Historical will be, Museum? It opened uh, July 16th and it is uh, in this space until October 9th. So. 
Well, what a nice opportunity for people because you have just built a new facility. We did. Thank uh, you. Uh, yes, a, and, and, and it, the, the timing couldn't have been uh, more fortuitous for us. Uh, we just uh, so, so we have three locations in uh, uh, Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb County, which is the service area that the Michigan Humane Society predominantly represents. Uh, we're an independent 501c3. Uh, we're called the Michigan Humane Society, but that was the name that they had adopted way mm -hmm. back when. Uh, our service area is Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb County. There's a number of uh, great animal welfare groups throughout the state, uh, but ours is limited to uh, Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb County in that sense in terms of our immediate service area. But we have three animal care facilities. We have one in Detroit. We have one in Rochester, and we have one in Westland. The one in Detroit, obviously, is uh, uh, the oldest one in terms of actually having, uh, you know, a, a brick-and-mortar building that uh, uh, serves as uh, the, the shelter in this community. And the location that we had been in since 1931, and there's actually a photograph of it on the wall here, the location that we had been in since 1931 was an old piston ring factory. And the Humane Society purchased it in 1931 and moved their operations in there. It's 13,000 square feet. Uh, it had served its purpose over the years, but uh, for us, we, uh, we outgrew it. And we were blessed that um, with the support of the community, we broke ground on a new uh, uh, Michigan Humane Society. Uh, it's called the Dresser Foundation Animal Care Campus. We broke ground in October of 2014. And in March 11, 2016, we actually uh, opened that building up. So we moved from the old facility to the new one. The new one is 35,000 square feet. So you're talking about a facility that is almost three times as large as the one that we, you know, that we had moved out of. We're very proud of the fact that uh, even though we outgrew the facility, we actually just donated that building to the city of Detroit so that they can use it for the Detroit Animal Care and Control. Oh, uh, so okay. they are going to, uh, they're working now in terms of moving their operations there. Uh, and it's actually just, you know, three blocks away from our current location, our new building uh, in Detroit. So uh, it's, you know, the proximity is just going to help both of us out because as you might imagine, we partner with them all the time. And what actually goes on at the uh, the new one, the Mich uh, Michigan the, Humane Society Dresner Foundation Animal Care Campus, which is the new facility. That, that's a great question. Uh, obviously, adoptions. Uh, you know, we are uh, one of the uh, oldest and largest uh, humane societies. We're the oldest and largest in the state, and we're one of the most uh, the, the the largest ones in the nation. We adopt out every year. Last year was more than eleven thousand animals wow. uh, that, that come through our doors that uh, find new homes as a result of us. So, uh, and, and that's really more than most, uh, you know, you could add up the uh, the other shelters throughout the state. That's more than they take in. Uh, and do so, they come to you through, for instance, the city? Well, they, they'll come. Uh, there, there's a number of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, there, there's a number of ways. Uh, you know, Detroit Animal Care and Control is the, uh, as you know, the public sector entity, if you will, that's charged with that. But when they pick up strays, which is what they're charged to do, and these strays are, uh, you know, are healthy, and they think that, uh, you know, they'd make good candidates for adoption, uh, Michigan Humane Society, as well as other animal welfare groups from around the region, uh, will go and they'll bring these, you know, they'll take the animals and they'll bring them into their facilities to uh, uh, help adopt them out. So, so there's adoption services that take place there. Uh, there's veterinary clinic, uh, just like, you know, most people are used to taking their uh, pets uh, to their neighborhood vet. And in the city of Detroit, uh, it's a little unfortunate. There's not a lot of uh, resources for, uh, for residents. Uh, so we're pleased that, uh, you know, we continue to offer veterinary services that are open to the public. Uh, we also have the, uh, the shelter uh, clinic there, and that is for the more 
um, I'm going to call them more urgent cases, if you uh -huh. will, the shelter vets versus the, um, uh, uh, on the other side there, the, uh, the public uh, clinic. So um, they practice uh, the shelter medicine. We have an emergency rescue and cruelty investigation team that it's a team of 10 that uh, for the city of Detroit, Hamtramck, and Highland Park, they respond to uh, distress calls. They respond to uh, cruelty calls, unfortunately. Uh, so, uh, you know, they work out of that facility as well. And we also have an education center, that, uh, which is something that we did not have in any of our locations previously. And it's a dedicated space. Uh, it easily fits 125, 130 people there that uh, we have school groups that come in. And we have a humane educator on staff. And before, the humane educator needed to go out to the schools to do presentations. Well, now we're able to. It's pet ownership, pet okay. responsibility. Okay. Uh, it's also, you know, the, the underlying thing is to try to instill in them a sense of humane values, if yeah. you will. Um, you know, to, to try to get them to, to develop this, um, uh, the, this spirit of uh, respect for, uh, for, for all living things. So. Well, downtown Detroit, and certainly Midtown, which is where we are, where the Detroit Historical mm -hmm. Museum is uh, become, you know, highly residential, not something that was happening years ago in Detroit. You know, many old buildings being turned into lofts yes. and apartments, and I see so many people walking their dogs. And, mm -hmm. so, and of course, the uh, Shinola opened the dog park right down the street. Yes, That's yes. where you we and I there, got yes. reacquainted. Yeah, I was yes. So fortunate to you cut, the, the, ribbon, cut yes. the ribbon and you came up and said I used to work at the London Chop House next That's door right. to your store yeah. and back in the yeah. 70s and 80s and we got reacquainted but even since then and the many trips that I've been making back to Detroit you've had adoptions over there at Shinola yes. you yeah. know so they're real involved with you yeah. with Shinola has been a wonderful corporate partner uh -huh. uh, in fact uh, and it's in this gallery here now when we did the dedication of our new campus in Detroit one of the things that uh, the ideas that we came up with instead of doing a typical ribbon cutting is we thought well how cool would it be to have a dog leash that uh, instead of doing a ribbon cutting we could unhook the hook if you will uh, from the handle part okay. uh, of the leash uh, to help celebrate celebrate the uh, dedication uh, of that new facility um, so they uh, were, were more than gracious enough to produce uh, what is actually now the world's longest dog leash. It's 2,620 feet, 8 inches long. It's in this gallery here. And Shinola, as you probably know, uh, produces pet accessories, and they were more than pleased to, uh, uh, to make that for us. And, uh, Goes right actually, along with the way they do things, Absolutely. Yeah. And Jacques Panisse uh, was most gracious. Uh, he's been a strong supporter of ours and obviously a, a he's dog, a dog lover. lover. He's a dog lover. I yes. remember the... Jack was there for the dedication. When he arrived he, in Detroit uh, with yeah. his dog. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he, uh, he took part in the uh, dedication and actually helped, uh, you know, uh, unleash the leash, if you will, that uh, was the, uh, uh, the symbolic dedication of that building. So. I like that. Well, we'll start taking yep. a walk around. Again, I love yep. it. The Michigan Humane Society, somebody here needs you. Yes. It's a wonderful mantra for the Michigan Humane Society. And Peter Poulos? Poulos. Poulos. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. And, you know, uh, Run Detroit being across the street, the, the running store there, they do the Saturday morning runs. And I see a lot of people running with their dogs. Yes. And, and, and in the Midtown area, downtown area. Yes. That's something that you didn't see years ago. Even no. though we put on the Emily Detroit run with thousands of runners, there wasn't a lot of times they came from the suburbs and the inner city, but there wasn't that 
that lifestyle that you're seeing now yes. here yes. In, throughout the city yeah. of people running with their dogs and yeah. hanging out at the dog park. I can't believe Absolutely. every time I go by there or walk by there. Oh, they, it's, it's And they've well divided used. it now yeah. where there's a section for the little dogs. Little guys and the big guys. And the guys, big guys. Yeah. And they have, they have uh, equipment there where they can train them to do things. Yeah. And it's just been a wonderful yeah. focus of, of uh, the Midtown area with the big Shinola clock. And it's mm -hmm. great to see that there's, a, I'm sure it's really heartwarming for Jacques to be able, and all the people at Shinola, absolutely. to be able to contribute to this new facility in yeah, the city absolutely. of Detroit. And that's, that's the other thing, too, if, you, if I may, Emily, yeah. that, um, you know, if you sort of look at, the, I'm going to call it the, the revitalization, you know, of course, obviously, you know, downtown and in Midtown, uh, you know, the last many years, you know, it has, uh, you know, they've just done great things. But as you kind of look at those spaces sort of filling up, if you will, and then, you know, being fully developed at one point, Eventually, what's going to happen is they're going to continue to expand north up Woodward, which is what you see now. That's yeah. you know with the Q line that's coming in, uh, you know, then you the get rapid, to the the, the rapid transit rapid line, transit. yeah, and then you get to you know what's known as the new center area. The neighborhood that our new campus is in is called the new um, uh, the North End neighborhood. Oh, you're right there. In you the, know, right there in the North Peter End. Cummings and everything exactly, that he's exactly. Doing with the so eventually, of what you're going to see is you know everything fill in there. You know, 10, yeah. 15 years from now, it's going to resemble all the activity that's taking place in Midtown, and we're proud that we're going to be an anchor institution in that neighborhood for you know the next 7,500 yeah. years. We were there. Uh, you know, we consciously chose to stay in that neighborhood, and so so even if. You know, you're you're one of the few people, if you will, that don't uh, you know own a pet or whatever, have that you know that that appreciation or that emotion for animal welfare. You know, if you look at it from just a neighborhood revitalization project, our new Detroit campus, uh, again, it's going to be an anchor institution here for the next 7,500 years, and just lends to the revitalization. And of speaking the area. of institution, I mean, I came to Detroit Historical Museum, you know, growing up and stuff, but you really got me more acquainted <laughs> with it these last couple of years because you said, "Let's go to breakfast. I want you to meet somebody." Yeah, and it was uh, Tracy Smith, one who is yes. uh, the director of exhibits and, yes. and displays, and and oh my gosh, they've got a wonderful baseball exhibit downstairs mm -hmm. right now. That's just I, I just I, it's a, I can't believe it. I mean, every time I come here, last time I was here, I went to the book signing of the gentleman that wrote the Ty Cobb book, yes. and it, uh, it, they just have, they do so much. So share a little bit about yeah, the Detroit Historical Museum and the. They're just you know, it's right well, down here. The it's right across. It, it's in the cultural center. It's right across uh, from the DIA, as you mentioned, and of course the uh, the Michigan Science Center, the Charles H. Wright Museum, the African Detroit American Public Library. Museum, yes, yeah. you know, are all in this neighborhood. Uh, they, they've done a great job, and they're really the region's storytellers. Uh, the building here was dedicated in 1951 as part of the Detroit uh, 250th birthday celebration, uh, and since that time, this building has been dedicated to you know telling the uh, the stories of the region. So, uh, you mentioned sports. Obviously, you know Detroit has a rich sports history. It's got a rich automotive history, but there's so many other things that are showcased in the museum that uh, you know whether it be about the region's uh, manufacturing, you know, prior to the automotive industry. I was uh, last week when I yes. came for the unveiling of the the. Uh, the vehicle that the, the, the yes, Scripps family yes. built that's a the one was built that's yes, a motorcycle it's a prototype car. yeah isn't and, that interesting yeah, yeah that was fascinating yeah. but there was an exhibit where they it was huge where they actually showed the assembly at yes the of, uh, yeah and and the that, automotive show place yeah. it's actually uh, it's from the um, uh, I believe it's the Cadillac plant that uh, was shuttered said, yeah. in the early 80s uh, unfortunately but uh, it's the body drop uh, it's from the assembly and they actually
actually when uh, the plant was closed. Uh, they, you know, they had a group of volunteers that uh, took it apart piece by piece uh, and brought it here and assembled it here, and that enables people that have never, um, been, in never been in a factory before to at least experience, yeah. if you will, uh, what it was like back then, uh, you know, before the robots and, and whatnot took over in terms of building automobiles. But um, uh, they, they have other things. Uh, they, they have a project now that just got kicked off, uh, I think it was a couple months ago. It's called the 67 Project. And, uh, you know, that's dedicated to telling uh, what, um, you know, in some ways obviously was an unfortunate chapter uh, in, in the city's history, and that's with the 1967 riots. Uh, but they have a number of programs and uh, so forth that uh, the Detroit Historical Society and then this building in particular are serving as the anchor for. So they're going to have an exhibit dedicated to that. I know Tracy can tell you much yeah, more about that. Yeah, and also people and, um, can tell programs. their stories, like Mary Ann McCord, who's yes, the director of uh, Matrix Theater now. Okay. Her father was a fireman during the riot. So they actually, I, I missed it. I was going to yeah, come last week. Yeah, they have an oral history They have oral history, and they also have uh, like uh, classes, seminars, where yes. you can learn how to yeah. do the oral history so Absolutely. it can be part of that. Yeah. And um, so we, as we were walking in here, there was a big tour group going through. So there's a lot of, lot of uh, traffic, a lot of visitors and mm -hmm. locals that come through. I was just in the gift shop. I'm so proud that Detroit Historical Museum is a caretaker of saying nice things about Detroit. Absolutely, this is where it belongs. You're, you're, they, you, you play uh, a living history. Well, you can play a large part of, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you were a cheerleader here when, uh, when few others uh, were. So it, I'm just so it's proud well that, deserved. that yeah, they've done yeah. it. And every time I walk in now, the, the younger kids that were like uh, just Leah, who I just met, wasn't even born when I right. was doing what I was doing. But they tell me that now when people are buying their the mug or a T-shirt, mm -hmm. that they share with them a story like, oh, we used to go into a store and run and run. So absolutely, absolutely yep. wonderful. And uh, it's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. We're talking with Peter Polis mm -hmm. from the Michigan Humane Society. I'm delighted to get reacquainted with him. Again, he used to come into my store in the 70s and 80s when he worked at the, the uh, very well-known London, London Chop House, yes, House for the Gruber is, Brothers. which is the restaurant that's in it. the city of Detroit, yeah. always was. And that's where yeah. Robert Streisand got her start. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to yeah. walk around. Of course, around that just reopened, I think, uh, it was a couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. it's been very popular. Yeah. Okay, we're going to walk around and get a little tour of this wonderful exhibit that yeah. will be running for, what, till October, you say? Okay. Yes, so October 9th. Well, when you come in, uh, you'll see, uh, you know, various images and newspaper articles that sort of showcase... Uh, you know, some of the, uh, the, the origins and the beginnings uh, in the early years. Uh, you'll see uh, there's a couple of actual photos on the wall as well as reproductions from newspaper articles. And it, more than anything, I think uh, it gives a visitor when they come through here uh, just sort of an understanding and a realization that uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the whole idea of humane treatment of animals is not a new concept. It's been around for a number of years. And you'll see quotes on the walls uh, from uh, some people that everybody will recognize, Gandhi and Mark Twain and so forth, and their animal so welfare So Gandhi, related. the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Gandhi, right. so, beautiful. So, so, so here, here the idea is to give the visitor when they come in there, like I said, just an appreciation that uh, you know, the humane treatment of animals, uh, again, is not something new. It's something that has been on the mind of uh, the great minds, really, and throughout the world. Uh, throughout the world. So you know, you just, just like I, I have recently, and you introduced me to it by introducing me to Tracy, is I've been a member of the uh, Detroit Historical Society. I mean, it's $50 a year. It's, what, less than $5 yeah. a month. And they had yeah. these wonderful programs, beautiful newsletters, beautiful in the sense that there's so much information in them. And you really feel like you're part of... of uh, perpetuating the, the everything they're doing yes. and Michigan Humane Society is also people can be members corporate members uh, student members
members. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it's not um, you know membership per se, if you will, but uh, we're supporter. We're a supporter. Yeah. I mean, we're an independent 501c3. And by that I mean, uh, you know, we, we rely on uh, private donations, whether it's corporate or individual support. We don't receive any government funding of any kind, whether it's a federal level, state level, city level. Uh, you know, we rely on the generosity of the public to, uh, to, for, for us to, to, to execute our mission, if you will, uh, in terms of saving animal lives. And I saw a wonderful story about someone who I, I knew, uh, Tom Mackey. Yes. Uh, a quite yep. a sizable donation. Yes, yes. Mr. Mackey uh, and it's very public. A, what was it, a million dollars yeah, a million or something? Yeah, million dollars, yeah. Mr. Mackey, uh, very generous I've been meaning to give him a call and yeah. find him and go give him a hug just because uh, <laughs> that, that was really a wonderful yes, thing. Yes, it was. And, yes, it was. You know, I knew yeah. his parents. I knew Tom, too, but is they have some history with, with animals that, you know, was the why Michigan Hay Society was you so know, dear I, to his I heart? Don't, yeah, yeah. That, that, that I have I'm a feeling they were real animal lovers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And still are. And still are. I know one story I know that Mr. Mackey did share with us. One of the things that the Michigan Humane Society used to do, I, th I think uh, even as recent as the early 60s, if you will, is every year they used to have what they called a horse party. And again, keep in mind that horses, you know, uh, were, were, were a large part of um, uh, people's lives, uh, you know, back then in terms of uh, either working animals or uh, for horseback riding, that type of thing. So every year they hosted a party and Mr. Mackey can remember attending one of those uh, okay. parties uh, way back then. And I think they used to do it around Christmas time yeah. as well. So it was something that uh, you can see when he tells the story, he, he, his eyes light up like he's a child again. and mm -hmm. just uh, fond memory. Yeah, that was really nice to read the story that Tom did that. Okay, I'm going to uh, just sign off for a little bit here on the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. And we're going to take a walk around and see the displays and see the uh, world's longest show. I see a dog leash. Okay. <laughs>